Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now we're back with more of our look at all of today's matches on Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Let's go! On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live with Atlanta United Academy coach Ricky Davey. Ricky, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to chatting uh, the World Cup and hopefully lots of, lots of England material. We'll get into some England material. We'll get into some U.S. material as well as Group B comes to its conclusion tomorrow. Um, one thing that's jumped out to me today with the games having wrapped up, only three teams are perfect so far with two wins. Last two World Cups, seven teams won their first two games. Is this just a weird coincidence, or do you feel like maybe the, the number three and number four teams in groups are more competitive than they used to be? Yeah, I think the level of competition is a little more equal. Um, I think coaching is good. I think that if you look at where all the players are playing, too, a lot of them play in major leagues, uh, whether it be Europe or overseas. Also think just the kind of the mid-season World Cup has, has thrown everyone for a little bit of a loop, um, just with seasons breaking at different times, some, some being done going into the World Cup, some being breaking like the Premier League at 14 games through. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think the even I think a lot of the games, even some of today's games, if they're high scoring, are still equal. Uh, you know, yeah. you're looking at three twos, three threes, um, rather than zero zeros, one ones, which is great um, for us fans too. But yeah, interesting. I think probably also location plays a little bit into that too, in terms of yeah. So <laughs> I'm English, so I don't know how well I would deal with that heat, uh, depending on the kickoff time, but. Uh, yeah, lots of interesting things going on, I think. Probably being the biggest one, probably a mid-season for the, for the European teams, especially, I think. Yeah, it's been a fascinating tournament, and there's been so many scoreless first halves with then goals in the second half. And, and you mentioned some of the coaches, some of the tactics. I feel like this one has had maybe more variety in the way teams approach things in their first two games. Yeah, I think so. I think you're seeing... 
you know, t- like the, the Ghana game this morning uh, was magic. But, you know, teams sitting off in the first half and just feeling out opponents um, and then going for it in the second half. I think of the opposite, too. I think teams coming out really, really strong to try and hit someone in the face and then kind of see off a, a 1-0 win or a 2-1 lead or whatever that looks like. But, yeah, definitely different. I think just different tactics maybe to deal with the climate, like we said, different styles of play with with personnel that you may have on the team. Um, and I know we'll get into England too, but I think we're seeing it a little bit with that uh, in regard to personnel. But yeah, I think it's it's been a really good watch so far. I know a lot of people are enjoying it, um, and it will only get better. I think, especially like you like you mentioned, I think some teams that are still in round three of games being able to qualify, which is rare. Um, so I think we've all all to watch for, and, and probably some teams that will have to go for it um, from minute one, which will be really nice. Yeah, Group B has that. And you have one team in Wales that is going to have to change their approach of what we've seen in this tournament. They've been pretty defensive. They've put five behind the ball. They're going to have to open up. They have to win. They have to win probably pretty big. The U.S. is probably going to play the way that they've played, but they haven't been able to find those goals. Let's get to England, though, because England had the big win in game one had a performance in game two that honestly I was a little disappointed in. I expected more from Gary Southgate's men. What did you think of the U S match on Friday? Yeah. um, Interesting game. I think for different reasons, Um, quite frank, I think the U S almost had a little bit, maybe more motivation um, than the English to go and win it. And obviously the, the help of a nation behind them, I think to always beat the English is uh, get the one up on us. But no, interesting game. I thought the US played really well. I think especially the midfield three, you know, you look at England's midfield of, you know, Jude Bellingham, which is rumored to be a $150 million player, Declan Rice, the same thing. And then you look at the three from the US and I thought they outran them, out-tackled them, outplayed them um, and won that battle. But really interesting game, as you mentioned, a little disappointed with the way England approached it. Um, I think probably... Southgate in the back of his head was not lose this game rather than let's go win it. Um, you know, I think that point pretty much qualifies us for the next round, which pragmatically helps us. Um, but again, disappointed with probably the the way we approached it, the style. We looked a little tired. We looked a little leggy. Um, and again, the US obviously a disappointing early game and, and tie with the Welsh after dominating large parts of that game. Um, probably had a point to prove a little bit more. But yeah, I think the US edged it in terms of being the better team. But again, a, a tight one that, you know, didn't didn't help really or hurt either team, I think. You worried about Harry Kane in this tournament? You know, there was the ankle issue after game one. He was very withdrawn in the US match, playing really deep. I mean, a total false nine kind of positioning and didn't get very involved. Is Are you worried to the point that maybe... He needs a break tomorrow. Possibly, um, I'd like I'd like for him to get off the mark. To be honest, would be really really nice. So that's the flip side. Um, yeah, yeah. So if yeah, maybe he can play forty five minutes and, and grab a goal. I'm not sure, but yeah, he's he's done that a lot for Tottenham recently too, with with, with Son around him, with Kulachevsky around him. I'm an Arsenal fan, so I don't want him to do too well. I wouldn't mind a, an ankle injury in the 90th minute of the World Cup final. Um, <laughs> But no, yeah, I think we, we need him to score. I think he's he's our main man, uh, let's be honest. Um, not concerned just yet. Uh, I think we have enough around him. We saw in the Iran game, I thought we were very clinical, but at the same time, we have guys that can score. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I would like him to stay a little bit higher, maybe be a bit more of a target for us. But again, we mentioned, I thought Rice and Bellingham really struggled in that game. You know, maybe it was a tactic to come help them out a little bit 
disrupt Tyler Adams, Musa, you know, and, and McKenney, who would play him really, really well. Um, so yeah, not concerned just yet, but I'm hoping I'm hoping tomorrow he gets off the mark and we can get into that first knockout round with Harry Kane on the score sheet. Are you in the uh, team Foden camp? It seems to be quite the cause in the English soccer punditry that Phil Foden has to be on the field tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, interesting one. I, yes, would be my my straightforward answer. Um, I think I think it's hard coming from a coach's perspective. I think he probably has players that he trusts will do certain things. And I think Harry Maguire being a, a perfect example of that, he's, he's never let Gareth Southgate down in an England shirt. Um, so hard to argue that. But you look at Phil Foden's quality, you see him play every week for Manchester City, whether it be wide or central. And I think probably the only reason he doesn't play central at Man City is, is Kevin De Bruyne, right. which, you know, is, is a valid reason. Um, so I think there's room there. I, I would like to see a little rotation tomorrow. Uh, I'd like to see him play. I, I thought Jack Grealish was actually really good when he came on. I did uh, too. There were a yeah. lot of people who criticized Grealish in the U.S. game, and he earned four free kicks. And look, that's England's bread and butter. They're the best team on set pieces in the world. Yeah, and you're seeing a lot of that, whether it be crossing and finishing in this morning's games or set piece yeah. goals. They're huge. And I think he, I thought, uh, I thought Saka was poor um, against the U.S., which young boy, obviously, but. Um, yeah, I'd like to see a little rotation. Henderson was good when he came on. You know, I think it's, it's one where maybe, no disrespect to, to Wales, but I think maybe we can afford to, you know, get a couple of players some minutes um, and help bed them in a little bit. But yeah, it's interesting. I thought Grealish was good. I think Foden probably deserves a chance to start. But I, I, I saw the Southgate quote about, uh, obviously he doesn't play central for Man City, so he's not going to play him central, which is, you know, good players can play anywhere for me and, and especially the, that type of player. Um, but we'll see. Short answer, yes, he should play, but I understand to a certain extent. Yeah, and I think that's an important perspective that I, I want you to kind of expand on a little bit. You know, it's easy for us to look from the outside and say, well, this guy's good. This guy should play. This should be your 11. These are the 11 best players. And it doesn't generally work out that way. And it could be chemistry. It could be trust. It could be just time that the, the managers had with that player. It's not always cut and dried what your best 11 is, especially at a national team kind of selection. Yeah, very tough. And I think this World Cup, especially, I think they had a week. They had pretty much a week to prepare, if that. Um, so very tough. I think he was always going to go with tried and tested players. I think you look at Mason Mount, for example, especially in that second half, he um, almost did Harry Kane's pressing for him from that 10 position. Um, tried to put Tim Ream and Walker Zimmerman under a little bit more pressure in that second half. Um, but yeah, I think you're always going to get that with coaches, players they trust and also finding balance too uh, within the team. You know, if you're going to let guys like Raheem Sterling, Bakayo Saka, you know, get after it and kind of have attacking free roles, then I think you need that balance elsewhere in the team, which you kind of see with Bellingham, Rice and Mount a little bit. Um, but there's also the other side of it, I think, where you... It's dependent on the opposition a little bit. Like, uh, I think tomorrow we can afford to go a little bit more attacking. It, right. I thought Bellingham was a little reserved in the U.S. game. He looked he looked completely off it for me um, compared to the Iran game, whether that was fatigue. You know, he's, again, another young player, decently young team. But, um, yeah, interesting. Just, just from Maguire, perfect point, right? He's not even playing. Luke Shaw is not even playing for club right now. But give you something uh, proven at that level. And it's a little bit of a different game, too. I think some, sometimes people forget that international football is completely different from Premier League football, for example, or Major League Soccer. It's Those two leagues are, are way more quicker, more higher in tempo, more athleticism. So 
having a little bit more balance, a little bit more steady eddies sometimes can can help you at international level. So I get it from a coach's perspective, but Phil Foden, what a talent. I think probably one of the, the most naturally talented players we've ever produced, probably looking at guys like Paul Gascoigne, Glenn Hoddle, that kind of player um, offers something completely different. But I'm hoping we get to see him at some point and hopefully it's tomorrow. I'm glad you mentioned Gaza because it, it kind of feels like Foden and Gaza are, you know, similar in that they didn't always have a traditional position in a team. You know, they're incredibly talented, but maybe they're not a traditional 10 or a nine or a winger, for example. Yeah, I think Maverick players, right? We, we yeah. kind of call them or extremely talented players where you you find you find the way to fit them into the team because they are so special. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, you look at Pep's teams and the way they work, the way they counter-press, the way they press, they hunt the ball back. I think the game's changed a little bit. They're, they're, they're still Mavericks in the what, what they do with the ball. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think you see nowadays that everyone has to work regardless of ego, regardless of talent. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think I think Phil will do extremely well. I think maybe he rests Raheem Sterling, maybe even Saka and changes that up. I'd be surprised if Harry Kane being captain didn't start the game. Um, but I, I could see those wide guys changing. I could see Henderson coming in maybe to just give Bellingham or Rice a rest. Um, but I think that back four is pretty set. Um, I don't think we'll see too much changes there and probably need the need the consistency with those players too. Do you feel like back four is the way to go? We've seen Southgate play three center backs quite often during his run. He did in the last Euros to some people's frustration. Yeah, yeah. I think this team, you could say, lends itself to 4-3-3 three, three in, in terms of attack. Um, I think our trouble as a nation is we don't have too many top, top, top center backs right now. Um, Harry Maguire, case in point, I think he, he was magnificent against the U.S. And he in was. terms of set-piece goals, you probably score if he's not in the box. Um, defending those but yeah I think I think once we get to the knockout stages I, I think he'll revert back to a three um, I think Kyle Walker probably coming back from injury helps that too you probably see Maguire shift to the left center back role John Stone's in the middle with Kyle Walker to the right I think it provides us a little bit more balance um, and just that yeah the, the, I think we've been able to get away with the four at the back um, because of the opposition, I think you saw at times against the US, it was almost undone um, at times. And top, top players, don't get me wrong, but I think that's kind of what he's gone with in the past. And if you look at the previous two tournaments, it's hard to argue against. I don't think, I don't think anyone's going to be happy if we lose or in the second knockout stage or quarterfinal and we play really good football. I think it's about winning um, and it's about going as far as you can. You know, if we lift that World Cup at the end of the uh at the end of the tournament, no one will be complaining 4-3-3, 3-4-3. So on him to win games. But yeah, I think once we start to see possibly France's, Brazil's, Portugal's, I think we'll see a, a back three for sure. Do you feel like Gareth maybe sometimes doesn't get enough credit for his accomplishments with England? Yeah, 100%. I think you you look at previous coaches and, and in terms of their acumen or level or where they've come from in terms of spent, in my lifetime anyway, Sven-Goran Eriksson, Fabio Capello, Roy Hodgson, CV, um, and Southgate pretty much coming from, you know, to be quite honest, an average, you know, but good professional management background in terms of Middlesbrough, teams like that. Like, he's, he's done magnificently well. I think what he's created is a culture that we've never seen within the England squad, um, a, an almost unity with the media, which has always been a problem for the England team. Um, so I think he's kind of, I think he's made it easier for the players to go out and express themselves and play well. And, I think at times we've had easier games than maybe 
you know, you, we haven't played big, big teams at times in our runs to final, semi-final. But, you know, looking at the Euros, had to beat Germany, had to beat a, a very good Denmark team that had a nation behind them because of the Christian Eriksen stuff, you know, and you can say things about the final, but maybe should have beat uh, a decent Italy team in the final. So, yeah, I think he deserves massive credit. I think what happens to England managers in tournament three or tournament four is they start to get under a little bit of pressure. And I think that's natural. But in terms of the accomplishments he's he's had, I mean, he's not won anything, don't get me wrong. But in terms of management and how far we've gone in the past, he's he's exceeded that expectation. I feel like Greg Berhalter is kind of in that same situation a little bit, not quite as long of a run as Gareth Southgate, obviously, but somebody who has won gold cups. He, he won the CONCACAF Nations League. He got the team qualified. He's got them on the precipice now of getting out of the group. Do you feel like Greg Berhalter is a little under underappreciated? Yeah, maybe so. I think international management is a very tough job, I think, you you know, in terms of camps and how long you get to spend with the players. It's not, not like a normal day-in, day-out management jobs where you can form those relationships. You're not training every day. You're pretty much traveling around the country watching games um, and assessing that way. So, yeah, I think it's very difficult. I think as fans too, you know, I think we have a, a level of expectation that no matter who we support, we, we should win. Uh, we have to win. We deserve to win. You know, I think it's it's difficult. It's at the end of the day, it's 11. I think you see that in the US-England game. It's a, it's 11 good players against 11 good players. And on any day, any team can win. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's just that longevity. I think when you're around long enough, people start to get bored of you, no matter what of your accomplishments, you know, you could. And I think that's the thing, too. Uh, nowadays, I think you have to win and you have to win with style. I think it used to be just winning was great and and, you know, look at the early Mourinho days of Porto, Chelsea, no style in that, um, but won lots of trophies, won leagues, um, very organized teams. And, and Chelsea loved that. Porto loved that. But I think nowadays you're seeing when Mourinho is, he's going into clubs and maybe can't compete at the level financially um, as some of these big teams now. But, you know, the, the style wears off after short term now. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I think it's a really tough gig international management. Um, I don't wish anyone upon that i think it's really tough I, I would not like to do it it's almost like an mpsl season you get you're together for yeah. a short period of time and you and you have to win um but yeah it's it's tough i think Pro probably hard to do and i think what southgate did really well was he kind of came through and he knew all the younger players within the system so your likes of saka Grealish, these guys that were coming through bellingham rice all these guys that came through he knew that they were coming through he was involved with the youth teams because so he kind of seen that through a little bit um and i think you'll see that more and more i think I think gone are the days of maybe chopping and changing international coaches. I think I think that maybe more so than club management now. You just need that that one guy that is there for a while. And as long as that message is consistent and stays fresh, I think they're in a good spot. Yeah, that's interesting because it feels like in the past, and and I've kind of subscribed to that theory in the past too, of you know, you do your four-year cycle, you do your World Cup cycle, okay, then time for a change. But we're seeing more and more managers stay and do either multiple cycles or at least get into the next continental championship group b who do you think gets out of it england almost assured they're, they'll be fine who do you think goes with them into the round of 16 i think the u.s will get it done tomorrow um i just think they'll have a bit too much they i think it's easier sometimes you talk about the england u.s game where england almost didn't want to lose that's that's how it felt 
um, I think the U.S. knows what they have to go and do. Um, I think that can help you sometimes. You have a, I think when you're in that mindset, oh, we can draw, we can draw this game and be okay. I think right. that comes back to haunt you a little bit. So I think they'll get it done. I, I think they'll start to put it together. What I'll be interested to see is, you know, does does Greg? Because I thought in possession against the Welsh, they were really clean in that first half. Had some struggles in the second half and obviously set up a little bit differently against the English in terms of that 4-4-2 mid-block that caused us a lot of problems. Um, so it'll be interesting to see the approach tomorrow. Um, obviously, I, I would assume favoured team going into that game. So be interested if they come out on the front foot knowing what they have to do or or maybe it's a little bit tense because of you know the, the, the decent Iran result against the Welsh but yeah I think England will top the group I, th- I think we'll beat Wales um, I think again I, I don't think the scoreline will be heavy uh, I don't think yeah. you're seeing too many of those it may be 2-0 3-1 I think something like that but I think you've seen a couple games where the scores got out of hand but for the most part it's been level playing field and I can see the US 2-0 3-1, similar thing. I, I think they'll get it done, which will be nice. And I can sit on the fence for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a 2-0 or a 3-1 and not a replay of 2010 in Algeria <laughs> where I don't have much hair to pull out anymore, yeah, Ricky. Like, so I, I can't talking to the right man here about that. <laughs> I cannot deal with that again. <laughs> um, real quick before I let you go, kind of bouncing around the tournament a little bit, who are some some teams and or players that have really jumped out to you, either from a, a positive standpoint or maybe from a surprise negative standpoint. Yeah, I think just it, so many talented players. I think you the interesting one for me is, is seeing some of the players that you don't see very often. You know, the, the South Koreas, the, the, the guys from Ghana playing together. I think Switzerland has some extremely good players. Um, I think looking at, I think Portugal has is, has, a, has a very good chance. I think Ronaldo obviously has a big point to prove. So they obviously had a good win today against Uruguay. Um, so I think, yeah, I think in terms of players, I think you're seeing, you know, the, the guys that expect to do it. I think you always, you know, if you look at Holland, I think Cody Gapko is putting himself yeah. in the shot window for, for January. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's interesting. I, I don't know if anyone has popped out, popped out yet. Um, I think the guys are getting it done that, that usually get it done. Um, but yeah, Gapko stands out for me. Um, I would like to see, you know, so I think some of the U.S.'s younger players, one guy that I've been really impressed with, actually, <laughs> on an older player is Tim Ream. Oh, wow. Magnificent. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, late 30s, playing in the Premier League, has been so consistent, hasn't had a sniff in the last few years, let's be honest. Straight into it. Uh, unbelievable. And I think those kind of guys with that kind of experience can help you along, especially with a game like tomorrow. Um, too, but yeah, there's been good. I, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'm looking out for all those Arsenal guys, hoping they're they're home healthy. Um, but you know, Bukayo Saka continues to impress. Hoping Gabriel Martinelli gets on the field for Brazil at some point. Um, and then the player I love, Ghana played today, Thomas Partey. I think yeah. just the way he makes it tick, his athleticism to get around the field. Yeah, just incredible. But it's been a really fun tournament. I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how things go. The knockout stage always exciting. Um, but yeah, I think the that Germany, Spain, Japan group um, mm-hmm. it's going to be a fun one. I think that last game about Spain, I think it's Spain, Japan, correct? Yes. I think will be uh, entertaining. I, I like the Japanese. I, I think that I game before the World Cup when the US played them in Germany, I think you you kind of saw the you're like okay four four two Japan like this. You know, everyone was like oh we lost to the Japanese in Germany, but they were magnificent. They were magnificent. So I, that might be a little bit upset. I, I'm, I'm not going to tell Kratz this, but I can see Germany going home early. <laughs> no, he was on. Uh, he was on the last one. So 
yeah, I don't know if Kevin will be ready to handle that. Yeah, I, I keep giving him little digs here in the office, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I don't know. Spain looked good though. I, I, yeah, Jose, I gave a little. I didn't know if they were going to score enough goals, but they've certainly done that. So yeah. uh, <laughs> proving me wrong there. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's it's a really good tournament. Uh, just hoping England and the US progress as far as they can, and family will be happy. <laughs> Group H, the last day too, with uh, the Ghana and Uruguay rematch from 2010. Yeah. That's going to be potentially a bloodbath. Yes, I can see that happening. Yeah, there's some great uh, matchups coming here in these group in these game threes, and then we'll see with the round of 16. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for the time, Ricky. I really appreciate it. Um, hopefully, everything's going well with the academy season. I'm sure you're able to take some of these lessons you're watching World Cup games and pass it on to the kids, right? Yeah, hopefully the kids are all watching. I'm sure they are. The Thanksgiving break came at a nice time too for them to yeah. kind of just watch some watch some high level football, which is nice. So, yeah, hopefully, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can get to that level at some point. But yeah, it's fun to watch and good learning tool for these these young players for sure. Awesome. Thanks so much for the time. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate having me on. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.